This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, and as we wrap our celebration of Black History Month, I am so delighted to welcome my friend and my colleague, Rodney Bullard, into the studio. He has written a book released just this past Tuesday. It's called Heroes Wanted, Why the World Needs You to Live Your Heart Out. And Rodney has such an amazing story. It is best told by him instead of by me. But I will let you know that in his current position, he is in charge of philanthropy with Chick-fil-A. But there's just so much more to you, Rodney. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, Just before we start talking about the book, Heroes Wanted, uh, share with our audience a little bit about yourself and how you came to this day in your history. Well, thank you, Condice. It truly is a pleasure to be with you, my friend. I am a native of Atlanta, Georgia, Decatur, specifically, just like you, and um, was blessed to to have wonderful parents, uh, a father who's a minister, a Baptist minister here in Atlanta, and a mother, an educator. Uh, they gave me a great education and a great uh, nurturing. And then I went off to the Air Force Academy because my parents taught me to serve, and that service was an important aspect of life. And so I went off to the Air Force Academy and uh, and knew that I want to get a great education at the Air Force Academy, but also knew I wanted to be a lawyer. And so eventually, uh, after graduating from the Air Force Academy, went off to Duke Law and graduated from Duke Law. And I recall that my first legal hearing was on 9-11. Mm. And it just changed my complete perspective on why I was in the military. I understood service, but this was more personal. This was deeper. This resonated with me as it did so many other people uh, in a different way. And so that notion of service and that notion of we all have to take care of one another, because what I remember from 9-11 is that we all came together, regardless of our differences, regardless of our parties and our affiliation. This happened to us. Uh, and so that is something that I've always taken with me. I then Fast forward, uh, applied to be a White House fellow. It's a wonderful program. Sanjay Gupta was a White House fellow. Colin Powell was a White House fellow. And I remember on my second day as a White House fellow, Hurricane Katrina hit. Really? Yes, Hurricane Katrina right there in New Orleans. I'd been stationed previously in Biloxi, Mississippi, and in the New Orleans area, and so I knew it well. It was, again, something that was happening to us. Uh, This was a national crisis, and regardless of what you felt about politics, politicians, South versus North, whatever division you want to create, this was a catastrophe we all had to do something about. This was something that could not be. And I realized that we needed heroes, and I had friends who actually just dropped whatever they were doing and went down to help uh, in the Hurricane Katrina adventure and, and the problems of that area. And I also saw corporations get involved. And so fast forward, when I finished my time in the military, uh, I didn't do 20 years, but I did do 11 years in the military. I worked at the Pentagon, I'd worked at NASA, uh, I'd been a White House fellow, and then I came back to Atlanta and I worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, Sally Yates was my U.S. Attorney, uh, and one of the things I recall Sally saying is, we are doing a great job of prosecuting people, uh, but we can't prosecute our way out of the problems of our community. We can't jail our way out of these problems. And again, I realized we needed heroes and we needed to do more about the root cause of these problems. Because every time I prosecuted a man or a woman that was a mother, a father, a cousin, a sister, a brother that was being taken out of a family, uh, there was brokenness that was left as noble as the effort was. And so the book Heroes Wanted is really 
uh, an amalgamation of those experiences. It really speaks to we can be someone else's hero. We have the obligation to not close our eyes to difference and to be intentional about what's going on within our own sphere, our own three feet. We all have this three feet around us that we can look around and see problems, look around and touch people. It might be a smile. It might be a gesture. It might be big H heroism as the folks uh, and the teachers that you saw uh, in Parkland showed. Mm. Uh, uh, or it might be small H heroism, which we have opportunity to show every day, and that can be a smile, a gesture. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about the book. Well, congratulations on the book Heroes Wanted. It is both pragmatic and even more so inspiring. You always wanted to write. I mean, we all say, I got a book in me. I want to write a book, but very few of us actually do, and you have. Blessed to do it. It has been a labor of love with an emphasis on labor. Uh, it has taken some time, and it took me about a year and a half. But in spurts, I would write uh, the book, and really inspiration came from speaking and talking about it. The other inspiration came from telling everybody that I was writing a book. And so that required now an honest that I had to achieve it because I had told everyone that I was going to do it. Uh, and I think that's important for us to think about when we think about our life goals, that we should articulate those, give the world uh, knowledge about what we are aiming for. Speak it and it shall be. Absolutely. The book is filled with stories. Yes. Lots of wonderful stories. I started by asking you about your background, and you talk about being a White House fellow and having worked at NASA and going to law school and having worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office. So I'm listening, and it sounds as if you are and were raised to be a high achiever. Your mother was an educator, your, your father a minister, and yet not all sunshine and roses for you growing up. No, no, no. Uh, when I was in first grade, I had a difficult time. My parents, my mother and my father had uh, saved up and were scrimping to send me to a prestigious private school here in Atlanta. And uh, I didn't know that they were saving and scrimping up, but I did know that I was having a difficult time when I was in the classroom. And my mother received a call and the person on the other end said, Rodney is a fine young man, but he's not reading on grade level. And at some point my mother had to make a decision because they were gonna put me in a developmentally slower class. So my mother moved me to another school, Rainbow Christian Church School in Decatur, Georgia, Columbia Drive, uh, less prestigious and no longer there. Uh, but I met a teacher uh, by the name of Mrs. Adams there, my first grade teacher. And when I got there, uh, she brought me in and she nurtured me. But at the end of the school year, I still wasn't reading on grade level. And she called my mother, just like the other school had done, and she said, Mrs. Bullet Rodney is a fine young man. We enjoy having him in class, uh, but he's not reading on grade level. Uh, but what she said next was different. She said, I would like to take him and help him read throughout the summer. I'd like for you to bring him to my home on a daily basis. And she did that. She taught me to read phonetically. Uh, and the strength of that faith uh, I carry with me. At the end of the summer, I was reading two and three grade levels ahead of my peers. And I was able to realize uh, my academic dreams, realize my confidence, and do all the things that we just talked about. Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for her intervention, 
her nurturing. And I've had educators throughout the, the years. I went to Redan High School. We had a wonderful, wonderful cadre of principals and teachers who were just nurturing. And I think that's so important in our education system that sometimes we focus on the math and the science, and that is very important. But the nurture, the confidence, and the uh, expectation that these teachers have for me really has uh, stuck with me. Yeah, Rodney, some people might argue that teachers today spend more time teaching you to take a test as opposed to investing in you as the child, as the student in the classroom. Absolutely. I I agree with that. Uh, And and I think our teachers are heroes unto themselves. They are are noble because they've answered a call to take care of our most precious resource, our children. Uh, And it's really a shared resource, regardless of whether uh, they are my biological children. They are all our future. And so our our teachers uh, really stand at the vanguard of that opportunity to take care of our most precious resource. So I salute them. Uh, and I know that the the highest calling is to not only teach them math, science, and, and, and English, et cetera, but also to nurture them into greater things. Clearly, there are many teachers in your life who are heroes to you. Who are some of the other heroes in your life? So my grandmother uh, is one of my heroes as well. My grandmother uh, was an entrepreneur at a time in which black women weren't entrepreneurs. She started a five and dime in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the middle of what they called the projects. Mm. And, uh, and she ran it for many, many years. And, uh, and I uh, always appreciated seeing the strength and the uh, ingenuity of my grandmother. And also the faith, the, the, the Christian faith is my perspective, and, and I know it may not be everyone's perspective, but that faith uh, really propelled me and continues to, to balance me in times of need. In your book, you say the world needs us to live our hearts out. What do you mean by that? So I think that we often think two things when we think about our ability to help other people. We think, one, I don't have the talent, the time. I only have so much to give. Uh, And the truth is, we do only have so much to give. But we have something within us, something within our heart that is special, that's unique, that's divine, uh, that other people need. And it may just be a little bit of time. It may just be a little bit of effort. And I would flip that on its head because people say, well, I only have a drop and what I would give will be only a drop in the bucket. Well, that's true, but we need everybody's drop to fill the bucket. And so we need you to live your heart out, whatever that passion is, whatever that calling is that you have. And the book has nine C's, and one of the C's is about calling. What's your calling? Another C is about conviction. What's your conviction? What tears at your heart when you see it uh, and you know it's wrong? Uh, And then the second thing I would say, in addition to Uh, People think that they don't have enough time. People think that they're flawed, and we all are flawed. We are all imperfect. We all have come short of any glory. And the beauty of that is we have this empathy that we can use to connect with other people. Hmm. And so we need you to live out your heart in a way that shows I'm flawed too. I'm not perfect either. And because of that, we can all rise together. Rodney, do you think we are, as a city, a community, a nation of flawed individuals, too busy, too active, 
to pause and see the opportunities to serve and to be the everyday hero that you write about? Yes. So I think we are too busy, too active, too self-absorbed at times, uh, too absorbed in our devices and our careers. And I talk about in the book a friend of mine by the name of Greg Ellison, and Greg is a wonderful guy who has a, a wonderful movement called Courageous Conversations. And Greg is a professor at Emory School of Theology, the Candler School. And Greg tells a very brief story about his Aunt Dot. And he says that when he was six, he asked his Aunt Dot, how do you change the world? And his Aunt Dot uh, said, I don't know how you change the world, but I know you can change the three feet around you. And so really, when I talk about the three feet, it's taking the time to notice what's right around us, to notice other people uh, that we often walk past and often assume less uh, than they actually are. Um, we, we can do more than be in our devices. We have an opportunity and, quite frankly, a responsibility to our own souls to do more than just be heads down in our own daily life and be self-absorbed. And absorbed in the lives of other people whom we don't even know. Yes. They're yes. not in that three feet, are they? No. You go on Instagram and you see all these pictures of people that you don't know, and there's a perfection that doesn't exist and a perfection that we think we are supposed to have that doesn't exist either. Because nobody puts their worst day on social media. No. It's always you living your best life. Yes, absolutely. What are you wanting readers to take away from Heroes Wanted? What do you want us to do? So at the end of the day, the book is a guidebook to being a hero. I hope that it really inspires people uh, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, and I hope that people will go out and be more intentional, be more observant of opportunities to connect with someone else. It may not come in a flash of lightning. It may not be a neon sign. But if we pay close attention, we can do more than what we're doing now. And I hope at the end of the day that the book helps us cross division and divide that plagues us right now. And we need something to help us cross that division and divide uh, because our nation is too great, uh, our opportunities are too great, and I hope that this book helps in that cause. We're talking to Rodney Bullard. He has written a book out just out this week. It was out on Tuesday. It's called Heroes Wanted, Why the World Needs You to Live Your Heart Out. Rodney is the vice president of community affairs at Chick-fil-A and has done a ridiculous, in the most positive way, number of things in his life. And you said something to me a minute ago, Rodney, that got me thinking. You were talking about the heroes that we've seen in recent days at yes. Parkland High School in South Florida. And we think about our leaders sometime as being heroes, but I wonder if you think our leaders and heroes are the same. I do. I think that there, A, is a hero in all of us, and I think in particular the heroes that we saw in Parkland were heroes before they made that final sacrifice and those final choices. What strikes me about Parkland is that the teachers and the coaches lived out exactly what they taught, uh, sacrifice, teamwork, selflessness. And those are hero qualities that were in them before, and they were heroes before that. And so, uh, you know, my heart goes out to, uh, to that school, to that community. Uh, my heart goes out to those families. Uh, and 
uh, I hope that we learn the lesson from this, uh, that that our teachers, that our, our coaches, that our folks that we uh, sometimes take for granted, that they really are the bedrock of our communities. And that makes me think of something else because in the wake of that tragedy, the kids who've survived are stepping up. Yes. 100 this week marching on the state capitol in Tallahassee to lobby the lawmakers yeah. to change the laws as they exist now. And in chapter six of your book, you write about community saying everyone has a leadership responsibility. I don't know that I've ever heard it put quite that way. Yes. You know, with Chick-fil-A, we often talk about what we do at Chick-fil-A Foundation in particular is not charity or philanthropy, but it's leadership and that we have a leadership obligation. And leadership is really solving hard problems. And so we all have a responsibility to put our shoulder to a hard problem. Now, all of us aren't going to solve the same problem. I'm not built to solve a physics equation. I'm not built to, to build cars and, and rockets, even though I worked at NASA. That's not my gifting. But there are giftings that we have, and we have to be mindful and sober about those giftings and then use those giftings to lead to solve hard problems to improve our community. Once we get through the book, you've got a, an action plan or a, a workbook in the back. Why'd you do that? Now, I wanted a workbook so that people uh, could have something in a tactile fashion to actually continue the, the lesson of heroism and continue the, the learning and the inspiration of heroism. And it's something that I think we can do in a community fashion. We can do together. Uh, I also have some blank pages at the end of the book where it's titled Your Story hmm. uh, because I write about my stories in the book. But when I talk about Mrs. Adams, uh, invariably it inspires somebody else to think about who their teacher or their hero was. And everybody has one. And that's exactly what I hope happens that you're inspired to think about, hmm, I was moved by this word, or I was moved by that person, and to write about that person via the blank pages in the back of the book. We want to thank you for your service to our nation. Not only did you serve in the military, but, Ronnie, you served via an appointment or a commission, I forget what the appropriate word is, to uh, the academy. What did your folks think about you wanting to go so far away to school? So my grandmother would often say, my grandmother from Chattanooga, Tennessee, would often say, baby, I know that there are a lot of colleges between Atlanta and Colorado. I'm not quite sure why you had to go so far. And so my parents were not, uh, not as keen about it initially. My mother actually took me out to the Air Force Academy, and I remember a reporter came up to her and said, uh, how do you feel now that the, your baby is the Air Forces? And my mother said, well, my, my son... Uh, he will never be the Air Forces. He will always be mine. If I need to come back and get him, I will. And she was very serious about that. Yeah, I know she was. Uh, and so uh, my parents, I think, learned to appreciate the qualities and the lessons that were learned at the Air Force Academy. But even more, they learned to appreciate the camaraderie that we gained from the military, from the Air Force Academy in particular. I can't believe anybody would have not seen you as a superstar and yet, you write in one of the greatest anecdotes, I think, in the book, you tell us a story about the application process for becoming a White House fellow yes. where somebody didn't see you the way you saw you. Yes. Well, I tell you this, Condice. I am, uh, I know we're on, on radio, but I'm a 
a large black man. And uh, <laughs> there are oftentimes that people see me as things that I am not. Uh, I've been accused of being a bodyguard more times than I can count. No. And, uh, and in this instance, I was applying for the White House Fellowship. And the White House Fellowship is a prestigious uh, opportunity, a very difficult uh, and arduous road to selection. And uh, a coworker of mine, a colleague of mine said, uh, Rodney, you know that program, that program's so hard. Colin Powell was a White House fellow and such and such was a White House fellow. And uh, that program's for superstars. Uh, and she said it in such a way that was incredulous that I was not a superstar and I would not be selected. And so I, I, I leaned back uh, after I was taken aback and I said, well, it's for superstars, yes. That's why I'm applying. <laughs> and so I think we have to have confidence in ourselves and, and that's really one of the unspoken C's. So they're nine C's, but confidence is not necessarily one of them. But I do think we have to have confidence in ourselves to do what we have been appointed to do and to not short shrift ourselves. God gave us a light, and we need to allow that light to shine. Let us know, Rodney, where people can find copies of Heroes Wanted, because it is something, it's, it's, it's a, an easy, it's a quick read, it's wonderfully inspiring and very thoughtful and very practical, and we want folks to have an opportunity to uh, share in the wisdom that you've, uh, you've dropped. You're dropping some knowledge here, my friend. Well, thank you, my friend. And folks can find uh, Heroes Wanted in any bookstore, they can go to Amazon.com. They can go to Barnes & Noble. They can go to Christian Books as well. Uh, but you can find it online. Uh, you can also go to HeroesWantedBook.com. That's HeroesWantedBook.com. And you can leave your story about heroism as well. So we've talked a little bit about your parents, your father, a minister. What would you say is the most important lesson he imparted into you? I think the most important lesson my father imparted into me is to be, uh, is to respect all people. My father uh, was a minister. My father was also a former NFL football player for the Denver Broncos. My father also was involved in politics. Uh, and I recall my father knew people uh, up and down the spectrum of life. And he didn't treat anyone differently, regardless of whether they were prince or pauper. And he taught me to call uh, all men older than me, sir. And I, I just remember that sense of reverence that he had for men who might be down and out on their luck and giving them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, and helping them to stand up. Uh, and my father really taught me that, and I think that's an important lesson. One, it calms me in situations where uh, I would otherwise be anxious uh, because just because I'm in the presence of wealth or, or dignitary, that person is no different than someone else. And two, it also instructs me to, to help and to recognize folks who others might just walk past. What is your prayer that your son will remember about you when he is in some situation someday telling a story about his dad? Yes. So my son is, uh, is 10 years old now. And, uh, and I'm not quite sure what he thinks about all of this as far as the book. Uh, I want my son to be proud of me in the same way that I'm proud of my father. I want my son to know that he is loved in the same way that I know my father loved me and loves me. Uh, I want my son to 
to believe that he can do anything uh, regardless of what someone else says. I want him to feel like he is a superhero uh, and I don't want him to let someone try and take his superpowers. Uh, and I think that's important for him to have that confidence. I love how you drop the Black Panther reference as <laughs> our community is so enamored with it's a film and it's fictional, but the story that it yes. tells for audiences that have not seen it, how wonderful is it that you can take your son to a movie and he's seeing a superhero sitting next to him and up on the big screen? Yes. Kind of, I've joked that for the past week since I've seen the movie that I've been in Wakanda uh, and so that if my my gaze was off in the distance, forgive me. Uh, and I think that is so important that our children get a chance to see all of our children, black, white, brown, et cetera, get a chance to see images, positive images of themselves as they actually are and strength and intelligence. Uh, that's important. That's not trivial at all. I know it is just a movie, as you said, uh, but it is it's so much more than that. And the movie is layered in different ways. And so very, very pleased with uh, my son having the opportunity to see it. Also very pleased with uh, uh, today, over 850 uh, students throughout Metro Atlanta are gonna get a chance to see it because of a friend of mine, James Bailey, and the work that he's doing. And so uh, it really is more than a movie. And in, in some ways, it's a movement. I do not disagree, and if you haven't seen it, indeed see it, because we need our superheroes on screen because they are great influencers of many people at one time, but we also need the heroes around us, the superheroes in our communities within that three feet. Yes. That's why you need Heroes Wanted, why the world needs you to live your heart out. Rodney Bullard, VP Community Affairs at Chick-fil-A. Congratulations on the book, my friend. Thank you, my friend. It's and an thanks honor. for sharing some time with us. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.